Welcome to Lewis Ministries International Weekly Podcast. I have a passion in helping people hear the voice of God through the prophetic ministry to change the world. On this podcast, we have friends from around the world who have amazing experiences to share when it comes to the prophetic and how it's impacting the world and others around them. Tune in to today's broadcast. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to City Awakening Podcast, your host, Clyde Lewis. I am so excited because we're absolutely just literally kicking our new podcast off. We were in the podcast game for some time, and then we took a break and kind of recalibrated everything. So I'm really, 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 really excited about our new podcast and and our focus and our direction and where we're going. Um, Our podcast, if you're tuning in for the first time, um, we are really focusing on going after the seven mountains of influence. So interviewing people from around the world, I've gained some great contacts and friends and relationships, and and we want to interview those uh, phenomenal world changers, influencers who are impacting people in the seven mountains of influence um, at Christian International, they call it the uh, seven M's. So we love to just hear what God is doing in the seven mountains of influence. And so today I have a guest on today, my first guest. I'm so excited. This young man is incredible and uh, he is just uh, just a, a joy uh, and he's just a phenomenal young man. Um, so I'm super excited to be interviewing uh, an amazing influencer, Josiah Centeno, who is a prophetic pioneer who started stewards the presence of God for revival and reformation, has both a son and a servant. He is a co-laborer with Christ to expand the kingdom through demonstration, revelation, and impartation in his ministry. He has committed to teaching spiritual truth and practical in practical ways to facilitate the glory so that the people of God can be all that they can be. So I'm super excited. So let's get him tuned in. Josiah, you here, my friend? Yes, sir. How you doing, brother? Oh, man, I'm doing so well. I am so super excited to be talking with you and uh, uh, just sitting down with you and, and just sharing um, what God is doing in your life. I'm really, really excited. Uh, and so for you don't know, guys, uh, this is Josiah, uh, formerly known, not, not formerly known, known as, in my book, Jojo. <laughs> 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 uh, that's an inside that's right. joke. And, and, and so, uh, but uh, I, I'm so just so blessed by him and his phenomenal bride and and um, I think we met Josiah what was it about uh, almost two years ago was it yeah it's about two years two years ago yeah yeah about that time yeah we went uh we met in Dallas and we yeah we got connected throughout the years and just the the connection got a little bit tighter and a little bit tighter and we got a little bit more comfortable around each other to create nicknames and all that good stuff. Yeah. That's right, man. That's right. That's right. Well, well, I'm so blessed. And and once again, thank you so much for uh, taking this time to, to be with, uh, be with us today. And, uh, and, and I will tell you, man, you are, um, you're the first one that we're interviewing on our, our new podcast, our city awakening podcast. And and you're the first one, man. So I'm superly blessed and honored. And, and when I was thinking of putting this back together and getting everything together, I was like, okay, Lord, who, who, who can, there's a plethora of people that we can Mm. talk to and and the Holy Spirit said, Josiah. And so I was like, oh man. So that's when I reached out and, and here we are today. We're, 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 we're finally doing it and I'm super excited. So, uh, so just, just want to say thank you so much. 
So let's jump right into this thing. So Josiah, tell us tell us a little bit about about your background, where, where you come from, where, where you've, you know, how, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, um, well, uh, I grew up in a Christian home, so I'm a, I'm a PK, I'm a pastor's kid. Okay. Um, I, I grew up in a very godly home. Uh, my father's straight evangelist, got <laughs> saved, started getting his family saved, and uh, I'm number six of seven children, and then wow. three more were adopted. So I'm just all in the in the in the big old family. Um, I'm from Philadelphia, born and raised, and yeah, I just grew up in a, in a very godly home, uh, experienced church, um, and through my experience, really just didn't have a desire for God. Had a lot of bitterness towards church, towards religion. Uh, eventually, it started to develop into a, uh, I knew God was real, but I really wasn't too fond of him. I had a lot of anger in my heart towards God, and I, I backslid, uh, and I wouldn't even say I backslid. I, I never received Jesus in my heart. I even, you know, I, I remember making confessions. I remember going to camps and, you know, kind of like crying because I was emotional and felt broken, but uh, a full surrender didn't happen until... Uh, 2007, where I was actually at uh, a Christian camp that we used to go to growing up. It's the place where my dad, when he was 13, he went to commit suicide and end up getting saved. So it was, it was actually in the same place where I gave my life to Jesus. And uh, I felt the power of God hit me as soon as I repented. Um, I felt cleansed from the inside, all my sins. Like, you know, I, I, it can be cliche when you grow up in church and you know, you, you know all the scriptures that talk about being white as snow, but I literally was born again. Uh, I wasn't the old me. And it was really vulnerable and kind of scary to be 20-something years old and you think you know who you are and you have no clue and then to be built up from the ground up. And so that's kind of where my journey started to give my life to Jesus. Um, and then from there, God just began to do a lot, a lot of things, the prophetic, the supernatural. Uh, missions and yeah now i'm here in camden new jersey uh with a three-year-old church plant so it's kind of wow. a wild ride <laughs> man that's that's super incredible let, let me back up here because i heard you say it a couple times you were yeah. angry talk to us about what what stirred that anger on to about yeah. god and and then and then as you begin to unwind out of that anger into where you got into ministry to this church plan and 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 because yeah. i looked at your bio and i'm just so impressed so talk to us about Amen. that yeah god's done a, a lot of great things in my life and so i guess i can the the anger probably for me was rooted in uh i believe that my father cared more about ministry and other people mm. more than he cared about me. Um, it wasn't the fact, but it felt real. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it yes. felt really real uh, because my father would get, you know, calls at like 3 a.m. He'd have to leave the house and go, you know, reconcile someone's marriage or keep somebody from committing suicide or, you know, he was, he was doing all that stuff. And, you know, it, it seemed to consume him. And, and I, and I blamed God for that. Like, God, you're the one who told him to do this. And if he's paying more attention to you and to other people and not us, I'm suffering because of you. Like God's to blame for that. Um, so I was kind of like 
twisted and, and a lot of anger and bitterness for years. I mean, I, I did things specifically that I knew would hurt God's heart um, because I was so angry. And I didn't, I didn't get delivered of that. I, I can speak of like, I, I got saved, my soul got saved, but I got delivered of that anger and bitterness fully. It was actually, we were doing a prayer meeting and uh, I was there and they were playing Rita Springer and uh, the song was talking about like a holy visitation. And I kept meditating on the words of the song and, and, and it began to kind of like change my affection towards my dad. And I couldn't understand what was happening. So that was like the beginning of the, of the like revelation that I needed to get rid of that stuff. And it wasn't until experience where we were actually having a church service. And, you know, I didn't know too much about the Holy Spirit and visions because I didn't grow up in that. Uh, but I had a vision as I was up at the altar. And it was a vision of a man in shining blue, like he's like a shining blue man came up from behind me. I could see him even though my eyes were closed, came up from behind me and hugged me. And as he hugged me, I lost all the strength in my body. I fell to the ground, but not like a, a bang. Like I, I felt, I fell into his arms. Like I actually fell, like I was cradled. And um, from that moment, I had no anger, no bitterness towards my dad, towards God. It was as if he delivered me with the father's love from that rebellious son prodigal type stuff that was all in my heart. And I, and I never had any issues towards my dad or God and his love after that. Wow. Josiah. So you really like, like had an encounter and, and it was like, like the Holy spirit just came in and just drew out of that anger and just infused yeah. you with the love of God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the prodigal son when he returned to the father and the father like hugged him from the front and kissed him on his neck. It's like God did that from behind because, you know, I was, I was already back in his grace, but almost like I was probably like the, the older son, the older son that was just focused on doing all the good stuff without having that deliverance. And so it was that moment where I was just like completely delivered and I didn't have to carry any of that pressure or anger in my life anymore. So it was really, really pretty amazing for me. Wow. So, your brothers, your, your siblings, did they have that same encounter or, or were they walking strong with the Lord at that point as well? Or what, what, what was their experience? And did you share the experience that you had with, in, in that encounter with your family? Um, so my, my family's experience, again, we didn't grow up in a, in a Christian home that was aware of like spiritual things, Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit. Um, I grew up in a pretty, if if people had to put a label on it, I probably grew up in a sensationist, you know, people getting saved and stuff, but uh, that was about it. No miracles and things wow. like that. Um, so my, my brother, uh, I have four brothers, two sisters. At that point, my, my third oldest brother is actually my pastor. So he had experiences with God, but I don't, I don't know if they were similar or like that, but um, his, his experiences were different. The rest of my brothers were not, saved at that time uh two are now one is it uh and my sister she was a, a missionary at that time in france um and my little sister's not saved and the other one you know two boys two uh, one girl they're not uh, either so yeah a lot of us don't have that that strong spiritual experience 
Um, so when I had it, it was, it was difficult to communicate because one, I, I don't think they would have understood it. And two, I was still understanding the things of the spirit. Um, so I kind of tucked those things close because it was very intimate for me. And I knew, I knew it was real. Like there was no doubt in my mind that it was real. So I didn't doubt it. Um, it was more like, who's going to understand this? Because even at, at that time in our church, uh, a lot of people weren't having like supernatural experiences um, that they were talking about that I know of. Uh, but this seemed like a really intimate, personal thing for me that was growing me in the things of the spirit from like my infancy, like a born again, brand new believer. And God was teaching me these things in the spirit. So, yeah. wow, man. So, so in that experience, I mean, like your whole family, it sounds like it's just like a wave of kind of slow, progressive, like growth transformation. And now today you are, like you said, your brother's your old is your pastor pastor. Yeah. And now, and now you're planting, you planted a church and it's yeah. been in, you know, for around about three years now, how has that experience for all that you've experienced? Now you're in the pastorate and, and really prophetically pastoring people. How was that yeah. experience, man? Because when I was looking at your bio, I was thinking, okay, he's a pioneer. He's, he's, he's young. He's an influencer. He's a communicator. And, and, but he loves to bring practical truth. And we've been together on trips together and I've seen you yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just literally God just is, uses you, the anointings on your life and, and, and you stir people up and take them further than they ever thought they can go. You just did such yeah. a major encourager. So how was that now, um, pastoring? Yeah, I think it was a huge shift in, uh, from maybe more of, People would have titled me more like a prophetic evangelist, missionary type guy. Um, I really just wanted to equip people and the gifts of the spirit and stir them up to have a love for Jesus and godly character. And, you know, because I, I went through the school of the spirit, which was like difficult when you get rebuked by yeah. the Lord personally and, yeah. and he's correcting your character. And it's, it's real. You know, it's, it's kind of rare, too rare nowadays to have people who are were kind of formed and, and molded by God's hand in that way. And so I, I, I love to be that encouraging because he was that encouraging with me, had so much patience, still does, and has so much mercy on me. So I've been molded in that. So I kind of have been taught to do the same thing. I model what he modeled for me in his love. And and for me, the, the, the pioneering church planner phase of it, Honestly, it's something I didn't want to do, and I had to repent before I could receive this call because uh, I grew up in a pastor's home, and so I was like, I don't want to pastor because I saw the way it you know, hurt my dad or hurt people or you know, how I was hurt as a kid. So I kind of steered away from it, and the Lord had me uh, – the Lord rebuked me from one of my friends. We were going to a funeral in New York of a woman we prayed to be raised from the dead, and she didn't get raised up, so – uh, we left and he was like, yeah, man, you need to repent of that because <laughs> that's part of your inheritance in the spirit from your father. So I repented. And, and when I received the call, I was still kind of trepidatious with it. But um, in the midst of it, I mean, coming, it's been terrific and terrible. It's been one of the most rewarding, but the most gory internal processes I've ever been through because, you know, I, I never had to oversee somebody's soul. That's what a pastor does. They they oversee people's soul. And so that means that, that my spirit is connected to covering people 
And so I have dreams about them when they're straying. I can feel the disconnect if they're backsliding. Um, I get dreams about their purpose and their call, and I get to steward that. And, and, and when they fall, I, I hurt. When they succeed, I cheer. Um, it's so different than maybe like a prophetic evangelist who pollinates and stirs up and spreads revival. Um, you got to stay. You gotta, you're in it for the long haul. And, and I'm a forerunner, so it, it kind of keeps my feet. Uh, sometimes it feels like I'm running in cement, but I know it's the Lord teaching me more about his love. Uh, I don't think that I would have loved to the degree uh, I am now without having to go through a pastoral season um, as a prophet. And so I remember the Lord told me, he said, you know, you, you have to be a pastor to people before you can be a prophet to people. Oh, that's so good. Uh, and he said, he said it through John and he's like, you know, um, my sheep know my voice and they won't listen to a stranger. And I forget who taught me this, but it was, it was another pastor. He said, you'll know that, that you're someone's pastor by when they communicate. Yeah. I was about to do this thing or I was thinking, I didn't know what to do. And I heard your voice. So mm. they recognize God's voice through my voice or my tone. And that's how I know they hear God through me. Um, especially when they, you know, it turns them from sin. Cause it's not, me lording over their lives it's me teaching and equipping them to hear the voice of the lord for themselves even if i am uh the tutor uh just like samuel heard the voice of eli but it was actually the voice of god so hopefully that makes sense dude that, kinda... that, dude, that, that is so good like like you you just hit a, a a nugget i hope i hope you guys listen to that nugget about the voice of god in pastoring that is so critical i'm a pastor but prophet apostolic prophet and but but pastoring and 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 i have some of our members that say man i was about to do that but i heard uh uh, Mm. your voice in my spirit and i I stopped and 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 that, that is so crucial especially in this time and season um, uh, in this generation right now, so many people yeah. are leaving uh, Christianity. So many people are going differently because there's one, no community. Two, there's they don't sense the the shepherd's love and to know yeah. the voice of God. Oh man, that is so critical in this time yeah. that we're living in, Josiah. So, so in in that, when you're pastoring people, talk to me about the supernatural because I, I've seen in your book. Uh, that that you, you, you've seen things, you've experienced miracles, you've you've. Uh, how does that play out in your day to day pastoring, and with people? Give us some encounters. Yeah. What are some encounters that you've had? Some radical encounters that you can have and share with us. What some testimonies of what God has done through your ministry that brought transformation in people's lives? Yeah, um, I guess in the day to day what that could look like if that's a gathering or, or things like that. So I remember for me as a pastor, it's, it's, it's to equip and empower people so that they could be who God has called them to be. And that what that looks like most of the time is me taking a back seat to the, to the anointing that I carry and functioning in my stuff to letting somebody function in theirs and cheering them on and teaching them through their stuff. So one of my guys that I've been discipling uh, since he's come to Camden and uh, he was, you know, he was learning. And I told him, I said, I want you to flow in the supernatural words of knowledge, gifts of healing. I see it in your life and I want you to flow in it. So one of our, our, our kind of beginning stages, 
he went up to a, a young woman who came to our church and she had a she had a brace on her on her hand the story later is she punched the brick wall and fractured dislocated her wrist uh, fractured some fingers and you know she had to go get a cast probably that that week that next day that was a Sunday and so this guy he prays over asks if he can, if he can pray for her she's like I guess they prays for her she's not really open to it and ministers to her she gets healed like he walks away and she begins to hear hear the bones in her hands and wrists come back together oh my gosh and she removes the wrapping and our church like that this was like the second week of when we were gathering and our church is watching her do it i mean she's like in the front row we're watching and seeing what she's doing she starts freaking out going crazy uh, she's crying. We're going wild. Like, what just happened? She testifies about it. Her, her, and her boyfriend at that time had been together uh, because of that moment uh, where she didn't believe she deserved to be healed because she hurt herself. I mean, it was self-inflicted. She punched the wall. She got delivered of a, of a low self-worth. She experienced the father's love. She got healed in her body. Bones came together. Uh, she was a pastor's daughter. Now her father sees her walking with the Lord. She ends up getting married with the guy she was living with. They were dating for a long time. Uh, her son, who was traumatized by a car accident that he saw his sister get hit in, was, was delivered and didn't have to go to counseling anymore. Um, she was on medication, didn't have to take medication. So that's kind of like an extreme of what it looks like for one disciple. And then I want to go into the extreme of the practical. And so uh, for the first two years, what we did is we had people come over our house every Sunday after service. People we didn't know, people who probably just came that day. And we shared meals together like the book of Acts. Yeah, that's so good, and, buddy. And, and in that, marriages were discipled. Children developed relationships with one another in a safe place. Uh, they got to see family function well, marriage function well through me and my family, and they got to thirst for something more for themselves, and then they became more teachable. You can't teach people who aren't thirsty. So uh, you can't teach people who aren't moldable. So you give them a thirst for it, and then when they thirst for it, they're more pliable to ask and to really take a hold of the teachings of Jesus. And so that's kind of what it looked like. Marriages were, were prepared and healed and and, and people were delivered. I mean, we've had demons delivered in our home very dramatically. Uh, we baptized people in our bathtub. Oh, that's radical. Uh, yeah, we, we've done a lot of things that just, it makes the gospel of the kingdom tangible. Uh, so if it's not tangible through every single person in any facet of life, we're missing it and we're misconstruing it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what it looks like in our setting. And it's, and it's, changed and evolved a little bit throughout the years, but we're still staying true to the core of who we are in Christ. That's so good, buddy. So tell me, tell, tell us, um, really, what is God saying to you right now? Like, what has God been speaking to you, Josiah, and where he wants to take you? What is, what is he saying to you for the nation right now? What is God doing? What do you, what's the stirring up right now? Yeah. Ooh, I mean, I think there's so many things bubbling in the spirit because, you know, we always get ingredients. So we prophesy in part and what we get. And so 
I think some of the main things for me has to do just with the family of God. Um, I went to uh, the last one thing in Kansas City, and the one thing that was being kind of trumpeted from everyone was that we've done ministry really well for a long time, but now God is correcting us because we need to do family well. Um, and so uh, at the beginning of the year, I began to just really preach and, and prophesy and teach about uh, how God reforms the family, how he's going to move through family, how revival comes through family, how revival is messy. And so are families and no family is perfect and neither is revival. So everybody wants revival and they want it perfect, but it's so messy because it's dealing with flawed people and broken people. And so the spirit of Elijah being released um, in that way for hearts to turn back to the family aspect. And really what that looks like is what I, where I've been at. And so uh, what that looks like to be family in the midst of betrayal, what that looks like to be uh, family in the midst of accusations when people that you thought were going to be with you for the long haul turn around and, and betray or accuse and slander um, and how to truly demonstrate the love of the father for the family as the family's having a moment um, because the, the body of Christ hasn't done family to the best. I mean, we've done our, we're growing in it still. Um, a lot of broken people have come into a broken family. Yeah. And so my, my desire is to see the father back in place, Jesus back in place, Holy Spirit back in place in the home and the family setting um, so that we can come into that. So whether that spirit of adoption, whether that's the message of reconciliation, whether that's uh, walking through Matthew 18, when people sin against you, your brother and your sister in the Lord, how you work through that, um, how to bring order, how to, yeah, just a, a bunch of those practical things, because if the prophetic never becomes practical, we never grow in wisdom and we mismanage the prophetic. And so I really believe that for the purity of a move of God to happen, uh, it's going to be built on a family. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, and it's going to be baptized into the family. And so that's kind of where I've been. That's what the Lord's been speaking to me. I, I believe that goes into nations, regions, um, because if you go to every place, everybody's still looking to be a part of a real family. That's in the prophetic. That's in the evangelistic. That's whatever stream you go to. Uh, there, there might be older saints in the prophetic, and they're looking for sons and daughters. So you see there's a gap there that we need to rectify, and that takes from the younger generation to show honor, and that takes for the older generation to invest. And so, yeah, just making that thing, you know, really practical and doing it in life with people uh, from a place of covenant and not ministry connections, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, that, that totally makes sense. And you're hitting the core of what— what I've been hearing and what, what everyone's been talking about is, number one, people are looking for the family. They're looking for the community. That yeah. is the biggest thing that people are hunger, hunger for right now. And that's why yeah. this, the, the home churches are coming, making a fast uh, uh, like growth. Like Home churches are like exploding right now because people, they're saying, I, I want community. And, and what does that community look like? I want a family. I want to feel like yeah. I'm a part of something. I want to feel like um, like we're, we're working together. We're talking together. We're growing together. We're accountable together. And so family is, is so critical right now in the body of Christ. Yeah. 
and people are looking for that. I was just in a meeting yesterday with one of our leaders and they were just like, you know, we're expanding, we're moving over to, um, expanding next door to our, our, our family life center. And, and it, we were just talking about getting what, what we need to do to, to bring the family together, the community together. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and what ways can we do that in our neighborhoods to bring people into our community and what do mm. we do when they come into our community we love yeah. them with the love mm. of jesus and i think that's mm. the missing piece right now and the body is yeah. that we want people in our community but we don't we want them just to say we have them but their actual transformation is the power of love and showing mm. people their identity many people yeah. are hurting everyone has internal conflict but when mm. there's ex- when internal conflict is happening, external conflict happens, and then every people yeah. everyone goes into a place of self protection, self promotion is always driven by fear. And mm. so, if we can help people come to community like you were talking yeah. about, and love them and meet them right where they are, that's what Jesus did. He met people right where they are. And that's yeah. so crucial, man. That is so powerful. Hey, buddy. Yeah. So, just say it like. Take a minute. We got about, about another one minute here, but I want you mm-hmm. just to speak some life into people. These listeners are going to be listening. Speak some life. Encourage everyone. What is God saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say this, just going off of your last thought, uh, as, a, as a prophetic encouragement and maybe some wisdom, I, I think everybody wants community, like you said. Community thrives off of commonality. Uh, there's a place of agreement. There's a there's a common ground, um, and we graduate from community to family when we learn to thrive off of confrontation. Uh, confrontation is such a scary thing for most people because yes. most people they have confrontation that separates and divides, and it's really scary. But the family of God or any healthy family actually thrives from confrontation because confront confrontation is actually one of the greatest traits of love. And I've been speaking about that lately too. And so I would say for people who who are enjoying community to to begin to mature and graduate into family by confrontation. Uh, Did someone hurt you? Did did someone say something you didn't like? Or maybe there's something that you just don't understand and you feel like, oh man, if I say this, I don't want to seem like I'm accusing or questioning. You know, it's good to have questions. It's good to have confrontation. Uh, iron sharpens iron. We're, we're, we're not living that scripture yes. out. Uh, it comes with sparks. It comes with banging. It comes with kind of some fear if you're trying to sharpen iron and you're not used to doing it. And so I, I would encourage people to do that. Graduate from community, from a place of commonality to a family that thrives off of confrontation. If we don't know how to do confrontation, we're not truly connected. Paul and Peter, conflict. Peter and Jesus, conflict. Peter and all his other disciples, conflict, confrontation. He did that in family. And these guys learned they were total opposites, didn't know how to do stuff with one another. And they became family. They were all in the same community, very Jewish community. They knew what it was like. But when they got around each other, that family, they thrived off of confrontation. And they became a family that turned the world upside down. So get a part of a community that will change your life, but then get a part of a family that you can flip the world upside down with. Dude, that is so good. That 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 drops the mic right there. That is so so <laughs> so good, man. So good wisdom, and and I'm just thinking, wow. Go ahead, Josiah. Um, so so t- tell us, how, how can people follow you? Get you know, 
the website, you know, what, yeah, how can yeah. people get a hold of you if they want to yeah. sew into you? Yeah, so if they wanted to connect, uh, our website is www.inthelightcamden uh, or itlcamden.com. Uh, or you can reach me. I'm on Instagram, Josiah Centeno. Uh, Facebook, Josiah Centeno. Um, we're on Facebook as a church as well, In the Light Camden. Uh, we're also pioneering some stuff in Chester, so people in the Chester, Pennsylvania area. Um, yeah, Twitter, Josiah Centeno. And I got a couple books out there, Ready, Set, Woe, A Supernatural Journey, um, Prophetic Playbook, Prophetic Ministry Simplified, and uh, Healing Handbook, Healing Ministry Simplified. So if anybody wants to grow in the supernatural, the prophetic, those are books out there, just materials, um, really easy read and really accessible, uh, Kindle, iBook, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Uh, they can get them in all those places. And yeah, man, thanks. I appreciate uh being invited on. I'm the first one and this is the first podcast I've ever done. So this is awesome. That's awesome, man. And, and, and I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute, he got books. And how did I know, know about that? So, Hey, go oh, get man. that, go get those books, <laughs> go, uh, support, uh, support Josiah. Uh, what an incredible, incredible journey he has had. And, and I'm so blessed and honored to, to be his friend and to, to take this time to interview you, Josiah. And once again, I want to appreciate you so, and just say thank you uh, for yeah. coming on and, and, and doing this and being our first one. And we're really excited what God's going to be doing and um, just blessed. And so, hey, my friends, you've been listening to City Awakening Podcast with your host, Clyde Lewis, and phenomenal friend, Josiah. Uh, go support him. Um, if you want to follow us, go to uh, uh, Clyde. Our Twitter is uh, at Clyde100, and our Instagram is at, at Lewis Ministry. Go follow us on Instagram. Twitter, uh, and uh, we're so blessed and honored. And until next time, um, we'll be so excited to be prepared for our next interview. And we're so blessed and honored. Take care, and God bless you.